Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It's uh, it's Josh this week alone solo. Carl is in Regina uh, doing some some work stuff. And today, though, I have somebody with me, uh, Dr. Mansfield Mela. Hi, everyone. Thanks for thanks for being here. I appreciate that for the opportunity. Well, your your pre, your presence is is very. I'm very grateful that you're here. Thanks, Josh. Uh, so, Doctor Mela, for those that don't know, is a psychiatrist here in the city. He ha- is a very decorated uh, medical professional. Uh, you know, even even now, he humbly is just kind of rolling his rolling eyes. his eyes at me. But this is your field of expertise is the mind and how people are thinking through things, the effectiveness of it in everyday life. And what does that look like in terms of psychological understanding? And so, so for us here, we've been in the series of change my, change my mind. Pastor Marvin's been preaching through the Bible about the importance of, um, how our thoughts actually do shape our lives. And he's taken that right out of the text. And so in your experience, in, I mean, in the profession that you ha- have, have chosen to be in, plus as a Christian person, how important is our thought life towards what happens on the outside in terms of our everyday interactions with people? So it's really helpful that uh, people realize historically in the area of mental health, we had focused a lot about observable behavior. Mm-hmm. So when you think about someone who was described then as crazy, you will actually see them behaving. Mm-hmm. And subsequently, we moved on to emotions where you would recognize that somebody was having you know, sadness or was exaggerated mm-hmm. in their feelings. And uh, over the last 40 years or so, we have come to accept the importance of thoughts. And by that, the link has been made between what you think is what actually informs your emotions Mm -hmm. and that in turn informs your behavior. So I was actually very pleased to see that even during the preaching series, Pastor Marvin made mention of the relevance of thoughts from a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think for those of us who have a faith, recognize that that is actually the truth. It has always been there. Mm-hmm. It's just that psychiatry has just caught up to realize that. And several forms of treatment of anxieties, forms of treatment of mental disorder are based on the recognition of these thoughts. Mm-hmm. So the popular form of treatment called cognitive behavior therapy is premised on these ideas. Okay, so so yeah, we have mentioned that in the podcast and in the sermon series. Mm. So the the other subject that's come up, I think, over and over again for people, and the questions that we've been asked around mental health about thinking is around the subject of anxiety. Mm. It seems as though anxiety culturally is on the rise, mm. uh, whether it's legitimate or not legitimate, whether it is due to factors around. Uh, people thinking through things differently or reacting differently to, to stuff. So have you seen that? Have you seen a rise in people, um, in anxiety in people? So generally, when you look at what the researchers have done in measuring anxiety disorders, mm-hmm. these are the ones that you diagnose in an individual, the numbers are actually astronomical. Okay. If you think about how they were initially not even recognized to the point where there are now bodies that specialize purely on anxiety. So we have 
the Canadian anxiety group. We have several in the world, and they spend a lot of time on studying anxiety. Uh, most of the uh, reasons why this has increased over the years is that there is a general sense that the world outside has become safer. Okay. And once you have a gap between what is safe and what is perceived as unsafe, that level of gap increases the level of anxiety people feel. Okay. The other thing is that the pressures that people go through, there's a lot of pressure that are either spoken or unspoken. Mm -hmm. So if you think about things like social media, the pressure to conform, the pressure to not miss out, the pressure to always be in front of your social media and responding mm -hmm. actually builds to the anxiety level that people feel. Now, we always have to make a distinction between the regular anxiety or normal stress mm -hmm. versus an anxiety disorder. Sure. That is an important distinction that I was also pleased to hear during the preaching that we recognize the times whereby mental health services will be required for sure. those who have a disorder and there are different ways of approaching it to reduce that disorder and make it manageable. So how does one then from a faith perspective who is going through um, a season of anxiety, whether it is, and I think you're going to need two different prescriptions for sure. If it is situational, what are some recommendations you would have for somebody to identify, first of all, that it's situational right. and then how to, how to de decompress from all the stress? Right. So really important to know that to manage anxiety is good to know what exactly anxiety is. Okay. Anxiety is an exaggerated response to a threat. Hmm. But that threat can either be real. Right. It can either be misperceived mm -hmm. or imagined. So think for once that you've got a bill for you to pay and right. the bill comes through the mail and is a hundred bucks and that month you don't have the hundred bucks to pay. Right. That's a real concern. That's right. a stress. Your phone is going to get cut off or whatever uh, utility is going to get cut off. So you get stressed as a result of that. Mm -hmm. Normally, you should put in the mechanisms to be able to correct that, whether you're looking for money or working harder or borrowing money for the in meantime, whatever it is that you do. But somebody who has a misperceived threat mm -hmm. will now see that as something that is incapacitating and they're not able to deal with it. Right. And therefore, that anxiety can become very stressful for them and could actually begin to affect their functioning. Okay. But there are others as well who may not even have a bill. They may have paid their bill already, right. but they actually worry about a bill that hasn't even come. And that is one of the ones that becomes so much stressful and a disorder because not only are they worrying about something that is imagined, they actually believe it and is now affecting them. Remember what we right. said that the thoughts you're having is going to affect your uh, mood and it's going to affect your behavior. Right. So you imagine that this big bill is going to come in the mail. It doesn't come, but you almost believe it where you get panicky and anxious and you actually either put up all the utilities or start you know, looking for help that is not really appropriate, whether drinking alcohol right. or using things to manage it. So as a Christian, I would say that it is really important 
that we recognize that stress is a normal part of life. Right. That is so important. If we miss that point, then we're going to exaggerate the level right. of anxiety we have. Secondly, is that when you are facing a stressful situation, go back to the real areas of help, which is one, estimate what risk is this posing. Secondly, what are your own internal resources of dealing with it? We mm-hmm. all have ways we can plan, we can sure. make suggestions of working harder, we can look for a job. There are things that we can do. Lean on the support that is available as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest supports, as we all know as Christians, is first go to the Lord mm-hmm. and then go to the people that the Lord has put you in touch with, which will be members of your congregation, members of your small group, members of your family. And if it's the Lord's doing that you really have to get professional help then that's one of the things that you do there are many other things that we do to try and just reduce the emergence of stress itself so you know your quiet time in the morning is really important people talk about how that resembles the meditation people used to have in the past Mm -hmm. that is an exceptionally proven way of maintaining your anxiety walk balance and the time that you used to relax, uh, adopting ways of healthy behaviors, healthy eating, healthy exercises, healthy sleep, Mm -hmm. all those will culminate in trying to make sure that your anxiety is managed or your stress level is managed. Not exposing yourself to the violence on TV, Mm -hmm. not exposing yourself for too much things that will make you feel as if you are not adequate. All those things are very remarkable steps that individuals can take on their own even without professional help. Well, and I I think those are all things that we know that we should do. Uh, But in your experience, when people fail to do those things, whether it's meditation or exercise or diet or whatever, um, does that catch up with people eventually? It does. And one of the things that is helpful, at least professionally, is to find out what are the reasons why people don't do the things that are good for them? Right. So it's very important because when you're hearing this podcast, you may think, well, you know, I, I've tried exercises before. I've tried eating mm-hmm. well before. The challenge is that we want things to happen so quickly. Right. And we need to try and persevere through them. We need to be able to do the things that will work. And sometimes it requires a longer period of commitment before it actually becomes effective before you feel it. So when people don't get benefit from it, they Mm -hmm. decide to quit. When people think it's too hard for them without trying it, when they have to do it on their own without somebody, and usually it's good to have someone that would encourage Mm -hmm. you, be your accountability, yeah, yeah, accountable to them. So, but if you don't do those things, unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, by not managing the stress, there has to be a way that it comes up. And think about this, for example, you hold a glass of water in your hand. Mm -hmm. For the three seconds you hold it, you don't feel anything. But hold it long enough, you begin to feel the aches and tiredness of your arm. And that's what anxiety looks like. Mm. Stress comes at every time, but for a short period of time, you can overcome it. But once you don't manage it and it's there longer, it now builds up into a tension, and that's anxiety. So if, if if it's situational just you know you a bill has come in or uh, you know you're going through it's a heavy season at work or something figure out ways to manage it that's correct good and I, I think the encouragement from from Jesus himself that says don't worry yes 
you know, like I, I think sometimes we we miss we almost put that on a shelf and say, yeah, yeah, I know that Jesus is there. And yet Jesus's own words in Matthew are don't worry about what you're going to put on your on your back. Don't worry about where you lay your head because yeah. I have you. That's great. If I, if I can take care of flowers and I can take care of birds, I'm pretty sure I can take care of you. Yeah. And so for us, there's this hope that comes from an, a reassurance and the security in knowing that Jesus and God, they have us. That's right. So I, so I, I think that's great. Yeah, go ahead. I would just add, uh, Josh, just as you asked earlier, what, why is it that people don't do the things that matter to them? And I'm happy that I'm using myself sure. as an example. Sure. I actually have a line on my phone that reminds me not to worry. It okay. comes like a reminder yeah. just because I'm one of those who just worries a lot. <laughs> and you need a reminder. You Absolutely. know, it's not easy because you face things daily, you get busy. And so even though you know Jesus said he shouldn't, so we need to either cultivate a regular practice mm. that will make us remember that we shouldn't worry. Mm-hmm. Or if we do worry, not to blame ourselves too much, just go back. God is always patient with us. We just always. have to say, Lord, I messed up this time around. I'm not going to try and worry yeah. over these things as well. So oh, that's good. Yeah. And now for somebody who has an anxiety disorder. So for somebody in the church, regularly, I think, in the past, what we've done with people with anxiety disorders or depression, uh, we've demonized things like depression and anxiety. We've said, just pray about it more. Uh, You know, obviously, you're being tormented by something. This is a result of sin or whatever. Uh, But, I mean, anxiety disorders are a real thing. And there are people that do experience them uh, for real. So now, how do you assess whether or not you have an anxiety disorder and then what are the steps that you would take medically to be able to get help? So very important also the fact that um, the anxiety disorders are separate from just the normal stress and tension we face mm-hmm. in life. Because once something is a disorder, that means it affects your level of functioning. Right. One is that it will cause you stress mm-hmm. where you are unhappy about what you're going through. And two, it impairs your usual fulfillment of the role you are, whether Mm -hmm. you're a husband, you're a pastor, you're a student, whatever that happens to be. Now, for an individual, if you want to really understand what exactly your problem is, there is no shortcut from getting a proper assessment. Because one of the biggest distinctions we need is to be able to know that what you're going through is not just and anxiety from normal day-to-day stresses, but that this is a disorder. And once it's a disorder, all your treatment is going to be based on that disorder. So, for example, one of the differences that we encourage people to think about is that, one, has there been a change recently? Because people operate in a normal, stressful way, but then once a change occurs, then that's something to note. Secondly, are people around you being affected by the disorder? So you're either refusing to do certain things because of the disorder or you're doing other things that is now affecting other people. Three, are you using a poor coping strategy to manage your disorder? Even though you can use that in normal anxiety, but in disorders it becomes more. So using alcohol, using other things Mm -hmm. that are not really important are very important. The good thing is that there is treatment. You know, there is a lot of evidence that whether the use of medication, which is one of the ways that people are treated and helped, 
talking therapy is a mm. very important and effective way people just recognizing where this has come from and the ability to change your circumstances around the anxiety the last thing i would say is that there is a stronger genetic component to anxiety disorder okay. so if you have anxiety disorder the likelihood is that there is somebody in your family that also has anxiety disorder which requires that treatment okay yeah so i mean it's a very serious thing yeah it's again just to add how serious it is is that not only does it stop you from the work you do right. but that actually causes people to give up on life okay so how how does somebody now let's say there's somebody listening to the podcast that their loved one does have a disorder like that yes. what what are the what are the best ways to help people in your world um, deal with something like that on a personal level accept the person the way they are mm. do not criticize their anxiety because what causes them that anxiety whether it is perceived whether it is imagined it is real to them mm. so validate their concerns but don't leave them where they are god never accepts us and leaves us where we are right. he always tries to make us better so the first thing is encourage them to get help because at the end of the day as the saying goes you can take the horse to the well but you can't force them to drink the water right. so you have to be able to encourage them to get that help if it means going along with them but they have to be part of that equation many people with anxiety will accept that they have a problem unlike other mental disorders right. so that's a plus hmm. so once they go the first place to go is usually a doctor's office oh, okay. a doctor a family doctor will usually begin the treatment will do an assessment begin the treatment if they feel that the treatment requires input from a mental health professional then they will pass you on to a mental health professional okay yeah. I think the last thing would be for somebody that is listening, that is experiencing anxiety, whether it's situational or whether it is uh, medical in terms of a disorder. Yeah. Do you have an encouragement for them? Because I think most people that do suffer with anxiety mm. um, feel lesser than. It's almost they feel like a burden on the world around them in some senses. And so how would you encourage them? My first point is to say that there has been, especially for those of us in the Christian cycles, a little bit of a blaming game on the disorder, mm. whereby it is seen as a character flaw of being unable to overcome these issues. Because right. overall, the things that we are anxious about are part of our lives. You know, is as I said, these are threats that are exaggerated. So other people face a similar threat but they don't see what we see when you have an anxiety disorder right, right. a clear example i would give for example is this uh, imaginary thought that if an individual is not within a safe zone which is inside the house right. that if they go out of the house that they're going to have a devastating event happen right. now i'm sure many people are thinking why would anybody think that their house is safe but it is real to the person who has a disorder known as agoraphobia agoraphobia right. is the fear of being in an outer space and the thought that goes behind that is that if i'm not in this safe zone something bad is going to happen to me and nobody is going to save me so right. they can't get into a bus they can't go into the mall they can't leave their house and all of those kind of things exist and so we need to be able to see from their perspective that this is the problem they're having so for the individual what i can say is that whatever someone has made you to feel mm. you need to be able to tell yourself 
you did not create this. It's also important that we around people with anxiety tell them they didn't create it. Mm-hmm. But internally, we need those with anxiety disorder need to talk to themselves that I didn't create this. If I had a choice, I would not be going through that. That's the first thing. Second encouragement I'll give you is that there is help. Mm. It's really important when you have a problem to at least be assured that help exists because without that, then hope is really gone. Third thing is that the word of God is really very, very helpful. Uh, One of my best Bible character is actually Gideon. And I think if you know Mm. Gideon's story, you will realize that he clearly was somebody who exaggerated (laughs) the dangers, even though (laughs) the Lord was standing next to him, he couldn't even accept it. So we have people that we can look at that God was merciful to them. He showed his grace to them. So you're not going to be any different. So I would really encourage you to overcome the sense that you're not worth what other people are like and the fact that there is help for you mm-hmm. and to also just look at what God can do to get you through that. Like every other thing that has been given to us, like Paul said, you know, God's grace is sufficient for you. That's good. So many good things were said. So many good things. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, I think it's very helpful for many people that are listening. And so just know, like, I... <laughs> I really appreciate you not only you, not only as a medical professional but also as a Christian brother like uh, just just the way that you handle things is always so yeah. so great so I appreciate that and if I can just add a plug here just so that you know the Christian counseling service yeah, in yeah, Saskatoon yeah. is very effective in Fantastic. helping people with disorders there's several of us mental health professionals one of my best mentors is a Christian psychiatrist so if you Go to your doctor and you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. with someone. You can make requests. Sometimes it's longer to get to see a Christian, sure. a mental health professional. But you just need to know. Sometimes it makes more connection when you yeah. know somebody knows your background. And I mean, the faith perspective is a big deal. It is. Yes. I think for many people that do have, uh, you know, strong faith in Christ, they want to, they want to be able to think through things from a biblical perspective. Yes. And, uh, and so people like you help them to do that. So I, we're, I'm so thankful Thanks, for the Josh. way that you serve uh, our community and the way that you do. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for the opportunity.